think snakes listen to podcasts, so I think I think we're okay. Hello, welcome to episode two of What a Way to Go, a show about weird deaths and near misses. We are your hosts. I'm Eleanor. I'm Sarah. And I'm Claire. So we introduced the concept of the show last week, but essentially... We're going to tell you about loads of weird stuff. Yeah, we're going to talk like about... Weird stuff that's happened. Weird stuff, people. mostly about death, yeah. Or sometimes not death, but nearly death. Nearly mm. death. You could have died, but you didn't die. Yeah, so exactly. Well done. Well done, you. But right. we're not talking about murder, specifically. Mm-hmm. Not touching that genre. Um, and can stay well away. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of good podcasts about that. Um, but we don't know each other's stories, so we're all finding it out. You're all hearing it at the same time Live. as the other two are. Mm-hmm. So that's what may- is making it interesting for you, maybe? For maybe. us, anyway. Certainly so, as to sure. the pressure. Um, so Els is going to go <clears> first because Claire went first last week. Yep, let's do it. Over to you, Els. Okay, cool. This week I've focused on something that I have an irrational fear of. Okay, and it's irrational because we live in the UK. <laughs> I'm already excited about this. Are you afraid of seagulls? Or like, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of things that are very Sharks? prevalent in no, the UK. No, well, so they're not oh, very prevalent they're not, in they're the not UK. Claire. <laughs> Come on, babe. So I don't really need to, um, I don't need, really need to worry about <clears throat> them. Um, but the thought of them makes me want to weep slightly. Okay. God. And that is the snake, oh. the original sinner. Yep. Really, that, biblical. Yeah, that serpent bastard. Yeah, I hate them so much. I just don't know what they're bringing to the table. Well, probably a, f- for a fair bit. I mean, they probably deserve their place in the world. I say that as a human who's responsible for nothing, all of Earth's destruction. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, we're so the worst. I've really, yeah, we're the worst. But I just I don't think snakes listen to podcasts. So <laughs> I think I think we're okay. But I don't want, don't quote me on that because. <laughs> No, I was only joking. I do genuinely respect <laughs> I respect the snakes. I respect them all. I just really, I really hate them. Like, when I was in India, I genuinely couldn't sleep for four nights because I thought I was going to get killed by a snake. A and snake then, with a gun. Uh, yeah. A gun in its mouth. And then I thought it was going to be one of those big guys that hug you and I was trying to think of all the ways it was going to get into I my don't room. Know. There's a guy recently that died because his pet snake killed him. Yeah, so I oh, saw God. that and nearly did that, but it was quite recent. Not that it makes it any worse, but, you know. Yeah. True. Yeah. I mean, I did, when I was there, I did what what's best to do when you're in so anxious about dying from a snake that you can't sleep and that's just to go down a big old wiki hole. No. That no was wrong with you. What kind of snakes exist in that area? Uh, you want to be listening to whale music mm-hmm. or, oh, no, you know, a very boring me. podcast. Not, oh. not like this one. Fashioning this is really good. some kind of a hammock to sleep in. Mm. So yeah, but then I'd be outside and more at, likely. In, in you can have a hammock inside. A, yeah, with wanted. a bed sheet or something. Yeah. So... I'm going international again. Okay, yep. that's fine. You Sweet. can do whatever you want. Uh, not Europe this time. Asia. <laughs> in a place called Fushan, which is in China's Guangdong province, uh, and in 2014. Uh, this is a story about the unfortunate fate of a chef called Peng Fan. Oh, God. I'm already scared. It is not a great story. It's quite a quick story, but anyway. We'll get through it. Um, So he was a chef and he was just doing a normal day at work in the kitchen. That's what chefs do. Chopping chopping that and putting things in big pots. Yes, I think that was exactly what he was doing. I've seen Ratatouille. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Somebody put in an order 
which is not unreasonable when you're yeah yeah, yeah. In if a he works in a restaurant that's what you do so he put in an order for a snake soup and that is apparently a delicacy mm-hmm. uh, and it's considered a high status dish because it's quite complicated to prepare and it's got a load of ingredients in it. Mm. I did a little bit of research on snake soup. <laughs> Why not? The snake meat used can vary, guys. It doesn't have to be the same kind of snake. And in this particular instance, it was an Indo-Chinese cobra that he was preparing for the snake soup. He cut the snake up to put it into the soup uh, and he removed the head. Oh, God. Put the rest of the meat into the soup. 20 minutes later, he went to put the snake head in the bin. Oh, God. And it bit him. Oh, God. Oh my God. That's so horrible. <laughs> that is so horrible. <laughs> it's a very co- big reaction, Daily. I'm really co- surprised. I could fucking knew it was coming as well. And, like, cobra heads are so They're horrible so with horrible. their, like, hoods. Fuck me. 20 minutes later. 20 minutes later. It's like later. cutting a chicken's head off and it's still running around for, like, 10 minutes afterwards. Mm. That's horrible. Yeah. I know, and so unexpected as well. Like, you just pick it up, don't even think of it. And he got you. Fuck. So, the snake injected him with fast-acting venom. Of course. And apparently some diners that were in the restaurant said they heard kind of commotions and screams coming from the restaurant, uh, the kitchen, and the staff were calling for a doctor. But unfortunately, he didn't have time to get to the hospital. So he couldn't be given any anti-venom. So he died quite quickly. Apparently, according to um, a, a snake expert, uh, Yang Hongchang, reptiles can function for up to an hour Stop. after losing parts of their oh body. God. So it's possible for snakes' heads to bite even if the rest of their body has been removed. That's unbelievable. There's something so <clears throat> inherently creepy about that. Yeah. Like a fucking severed head yeah. chomping away. Oof. But like kind of, you know, last act kill the person that killed him sort of thing you know this is karma baby yeah it is yeah i yeah i mean we're there's a bit of me that was like should i do it because like snake soup is feels wrong but then it's not it's no more wrong i guess than any other kind of meat so Mm. i don't know yeah there's a weird i mean there's a weird line because i have a really big problem with shark fin soup Mm. and there's a there's a restaurant like literally down the road from my flat that does shark fin soup and I'll never go to it because I don't agree with it but then it's like well and I don't eat meat so I'm I'm, I'm on the good list but <laughs> there's 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 so much that people do and obviously lots of different cultures and lots of different countries eat lots of different variations mm-hmm. of meat mm-hmm. the thing that I have with shark fin is because they chop the fin off and then chuck the shark back in, back in the water, yeah. to yeah. die yeah. which yeah. is horrific yeah. and I've never heard of anyone eating snake but <clears throat> no well apparently it's um, considered like snake meat's meant to have a lot of health benefits because apparently there's a thing about the more venomous the animal, the better it is for you, like health wise. Like really? what doesn't kill you makes you risky. stronger. That unless the fucking head bites you and kills you. Well, yeah, that's... trying to put it in the bin. And I've just got images of me like with my chopping board at home when I'm scraping like onion peelings off into the bin. It's just actually it's a cobra's <laughs> head just snake chomping test. up the getting knife at you, yeah. coming at me. Yeah. Don't let Wendell get in that bin. No. no. Wendell's a cat by the way. <laughs> You'll hear about all the animals. It's fine. <laughs> so, I mean, that's really all there is to tell. That that's, I mean, that is a horrific yeah, way to go. And really unusual, annoyed. definitely. Yeah, yeah and like just that. like those fucking snakes. I just, well, I mean, don't catch them and kill them and put them in soup. No. Fair enough. I understand that. 
I mean, you're not you're not in danger of doing that anyway, so I think you'll be okay. You won't die like this. No, I won't die like this. I'll die when I'm somewhere where snakes reside and one gets into my room and wraps itself around me. Mm, no. I'm not sure. I mean, there are snakes in Finland, by the way, so... Are there? Yeah. Right, well, I'm not fucking going. Well, just, <laughs> just don't walk through the fields. Walk on the path. I did see a story about a woman in Australia who woke up and there was a python in her room. Oh, so I was like, it's not... So I wasn't completely, like, no. off the mark. No. I mean, they're predators. Pre- yeah, I mean, they're predators. Yeah, they are predators. I don't know whether... They're not driven by killing humans, but they just do whatever they want. This one was just, like, hanging across... Like, it had got through a window. Oh. It was, like, laying across the bed post. Breaking and entering, basically. Yeah, and also... the article Nicking was like, some jewellery. Probably. <laughs> Bastards. The article was like, oh, um, yeah, we... We thought there might have been a python living in the guttering for a few months. Like, how did you not fucking burn that house immediately? Yeah, or, like, at least maybe sell it. Think about that. Stop hoovering. Just get the python out of the guttering. Yeah. That's probably number one job yeah. on your of list that of weekend. Chores. <laughs> That's pretty high up. Do of a Sunday. It's pretty high up. Clean mm. the outside of the windows. Get rid of the python in the gutter. Yeah, sure. Make yeah. it number one. Number two, at the least, if you you know. I mean, that was very good. I was, I reacted to it far more strongly than I thought. Yeah, I you really did. You really did not. Like I can that just. Story. I've got such a visual of that cobra head spin on the chopping board and just like yeah, coming and, back to life basically. Oh god, yeah. And the, the article, one of the articles that I was reading, there was like a video of a snake head, but I couldn't bring myself no. to watch it. What, a no. cut off snake head. Yeah, and like oh, how they. Oh god. How they still. No, don't want it. Oh, no thanks. Wait. No, no, thank you. Don't go on the mirror website. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I frequent <laughs> often, because um, it's on there. Yeah, poor old Peng Fan. Oh wow, what a way to go! Oh, what yeah, way to go, what a way man. to go. Poor mate. Okay, so I've gone a bit further back in history than 2014. Mm-hmm. I've gone back to the 1800s. Oh, nice. And I found this story really interesting hence why I'm doing it, uh, because it's quite obscure and also, like, the whole kind of development of <coughs> science and production and things that happen, like, it's quite mm. interesting. So, basically, what I'm going to talk about today is um, a paint mm. called Paris Green. Nice. Which was... I can see it. Uh, yeah, one of the most fashionable colours of the time. It was a vivid blue-green that was used in many household paints, wallpapers and fabrics. And the problem being, it was also highly toxic because it was made of arsenic. Oh, my God. So, basically, uh, kind of around 1814, there was a colour called Shields Green, which is a (laughs) copper... Is that funny? (laughs) Oh. I was thinking of Sheila, like Sheila's green. <laughs> Sheila's wheels. Yeah. That's where they got their desire from. Sheila's green. But that was a paint made of copper arsenic. Arsenite, sorry. But then basically they wanted to improve on that. They wanted to get a kind of a brighter green. So they made something that was um, made with arsenic rather than arsenite and verdigris, which is a bright green colour. And it was soon used everywhere. Like people loved it. People really got on board of it. Printing, cloth, and even coloured confectionery. Uh-oh. Yeah. So again, like, you, you make something new, you think it's amazing. If you used a variation of it before, you just get on board of it. Mm-mm. But lots of people really liked it really, really quickly. So there was the cotton industry that used the chemical in the pigments and the dyes that they were using for the wool and everything that they were creating. 
Um, but then it kind of spread to the other industries. So glassware, leather, soaps, wallpaper manufacturer, which we'll come back on to, pharmaceuticals, children's toys, candles, because, you know, everyone loves a green candle, mm. and um, rat poison. Ah, okay. so, I mean, to, you, make it, to make the poison a nice green colour, they added a bit No, more just to poison. kill the rats, mate. Like, oh, right, okay. Literally, <laughs> like, just have a wallpaper that could be poisonous as well as kill a rat with the same thing. Oh, so it's like multi-purpose wallpaper. Multi, multi-purpose <laughs> okay. everything, basically. So Children's toys, kill a rat. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty pretty bad, but it was pretty evident pretty quickly that it killed a lot of people. So uh, it was pretty pretty quick. People realised it's like you know not particularly good. Um, people that were known to wore the clothes dyed with that pigment tend to die quite early, and obviously like your expectancy in eighteen fourteen was pretty young anyway. anyway yeah. So that must have been even younger, and and actually because of it, because obviously it was quite a big thing, um, the French as a nation, tend to not dye their theatre costumes green because they're still associated... You know, people oh, don't... Really? People, like, don't do certain things. Oh, what, like now? Like, like a curse and things. Like yeah. the Scottish but, like, oh, shit. Wasn't it like a Hamlet thing? It said Macbeth. Macbeth, sorry. <laughs> I'm not very good at English. What we're proving the Danish is player. we really know Shakespeare. <laughs> we really, really know Shakespeare. We really do. Um, but So I've got a quote here that... Because obviously I mentioned earlier that it was actually used in confectionery and cake decorations... There's a quote here from someone that was present at the time, but the leaves of artificial flowers in particular were coloured with various arsenic greens and they were very popular in Victorian households. The industry making them employed hundreds of young girls who suffered accordingly from chronic arsenic poisoning. And then there was also a specific banquet in the Irish regiment in the 1850s where table decorations were sugar leaves coloured by the the specific colour. Many of the diners took these home for their children to eat as sweets and several deaths ensued. And then another dinner in 1860, a chef was eager to produce a spectacular green blanche and sent a local supplier for the green dye. He was given Shields Green and three of the diners later died. So not only was Shields Green, which was the original green, which already had the arsenite, and then the additional Paris Green, which was the arsenic so all of it was terrible it was it was pretty terrible um luckily paris green kind of died a death quickly but shields green was um still used for quite a while um specifically in wallpaper so um it wasn't good it was potentially deadly for most people that use it was no one like i know these were different times it was the 19th century but like was no one putting two and two together? They're like, all the houses that had this wallpaper in, everyone was dying, or... I don't think, yeah, I don't think... Because also you didn't have, like, the correlation of, oh, this person over here in mm. John's Road versus over here 20 miles away would have died the same way. So you wouldn't have that correlation. You wouldn't necessarily have that link-up. So maybe data. it didn't... The data, the internet, the phone call. <laughs> By 1830, wallpaper production had risen to 1 million rolls a year in the UK and 30 million... <gasps> By 1870, that's too many. It's a lot. It's a lot of wallpaper. Poisonous wallpaper. Yeah, Um, but Tess later revealed that four out of five wallpapers contained arsenic. Um, And then there was a guy that was very ahead of his time, Leopold Gimlin. He was a famous German chemist, um, and he thought even as early as 1815 that the wallpaper could be poisonous to the atmosphere. He noticed that the substance gave off a mouse-like odor. when the paper became, you know, wet or damp. Um, and he wanted people to get rid of it. He just didn't want them to use it anymore. He really thought it was a problem. But um, no one no one believed him. Because they really liked the colour. They really liked the colour. I didn't really understand the concept of it. And I mean, obviously, lots of sci- early scientists were just... 
believed really early on anyway. Um, but he was too far ahead of his time because he wanted to ban the colour, but no one no one gave a fuck, basically. Poor little guy. Um, <clears throat> and then in 1861, there was another doctor, a doctor, Fraser, tested the wallpaper and, knew, and found out that it contained arsenic. Um, he said it came, the threat was actually breathing in the dust. So even if it was on the walls and it wasn't wet, it still used to have the dust, the kind of fragments of the wallpaper floating around in the air. Um, and especially the flocked, which was a really popular start. I mean, it's back in fashion now. Um, flocked wallpaper because it obviously had the different rivets of, of colour. What's flocked? Oh. So like just different patterns basically. Okay. Like, But like if you have like the 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 waves of a a bird or something like an indentation yeah okay basically um but yeah so um no one no one listened to either of those lads and uh, by 1871 arsenic production had increased to the point that britain had become its largest producer and consumer and actually as an aside some people think that napoleon may have been killed by the poisonous vapors from his paris green wallpaper no, in his St. Helena home really? so obviously there's shields green and paris green which were kind of two variations but they both had arsenic in theory in them um so it was a bit of a weird time like loads of people were doing it trying new things getting a really lovely green but then dying really young so i mean swings and roundabouts your house looks beautiful People, lots of people were using arsenic. So the US started using arsenic for pesticides. So they realised the dangers of it, the actual health problems that are associated with it. Um, but that didn't stop people in Britain using it as wallpaper. Um, but then we had potentially like a bit of a resurgence. And then by the 19... The, sorry, 19... The 1870s, synthetic green dyes began kind of re- replacing it. Mm. So they could replace the bright green from the arsenic with actually synthetic things so it made it a little bit more interesting um and then at the end of the 19th century people realized that arsenic was actually just genuinely killing people um but it didn't it wasn't actually banned until the 1960s so like it took a long time for that to happen i mean now you'd get an article on like wired or something and it would be over tomorrow but Mm. that took like nearly took a decade no that nearly took a century (laughs) For it to get rid of. Um, but specifically, if we, you know, have to relate it to death, I mean, there's quite a lot of people that died, kids and adults alike, wallpaper, whatever. But specifically, it, Paris Green, the paint, um, was um, attributed to the death of a 18-year-old girl in 1882. Mm. So her name was Belle Louise Cruikshank. Um, and she was from quite a well-to-do family. She was, in quotation, surrounded with every luxury. She had a really loving family. Her mum and dad were really lovely people, by all means. Um, had quite a few brothers and sisters. But she um, really suffered from the death of her grandfather. And when she turned 16 or 17, she frequently expressed a desire to die. Her mum... They kind of... They watched her a lot. They kept an eye on her. They knew that, you know, she wasn't in a good place. Um... But she, you know, she was constantly saying that she wanted to die, that she wasn't long for this world. She specifically didn't take out a life insurance policy. So that was a thing to do in those days. Everyone wanted a life insurance policy. But she said, don't get one for me. It's not worth it. I'm not going to be here much longer, which is super sad for an 18-year-old to say, obviously. Um, And then actually she was... um, I mean, we, we know about head injuries from all of the murder podcasts that we listen to, but she was 12 when she was hit on the head with a broomstick and she was sick 
for a while after that. Mm. So they they kind of they think that may be a, a kind of correlation to why she was so, you know, she desired to die so much. She wasn't really allowed out. She was really watched closely by her family. And then her mum let her go to the library to change a book with her sister because her sister would watch her. Um, but then she kind of made an excuse up to her sister and she went to the hardware store and bought some paint because she'd heard of the story. She'd heard of all the kind of the rumours about it. Um, and she, um, she she sniffed it. She put it on her body. Whatever she did, no one actually really knows. Um, and then the next day she fell ill. Um, and... Um, they sent the doctor in. They didn't really know what was wrong with her. But then actually when her mum came in to see her, she said um, her last words were, Mama, I may as well tell you, I have taken Paris Green. I have done what I said I would do. So she committed suicide by ingesting whichever way she did it, whether it was breathing, whether it was, you know, licking the pain or whatever. But that's that's how she killed herself. She knew that it was dangerous. She knew that it would um, kill her. Um yeah, so that's pretty pretty devastating. I mean, there's a whole art there's a whole article that I found on a Jane Austen website actually, um, ironically, um, and it's actually the um, the kind of transcript of the mother's story about it, mm. and it says like she she was really um, really sad after her grandfather's death. She didn't want to sleep at night. She would, you know, flesh and to hurt herself. She tried to jump out of window several times, and then threatened to drown herself in a pond. <laughs> didn't want the life insurance. They gave her permission to go to the library um, and then she bought some of the paint, which her sister didn't know that she did that, but she obviously didn't tell her mum that they were separated for a period of time. Um, and then they had supper as usual the next night, but she went and played on the piano and then she started vomiting everywhere. She thought it was maybe like con- like consumption, she'd eaten too much, but then actually they sent for the doctor because they thought it was actually something more serious. And that's when she said, this is what I've done, I've taken the Paris Green. I don't want to be here anymore. Um, Poor Belle. Yeah, really, really horrible. Um, and that she kind of she kind of passed it off and said, I told the person in the shop that she was getting paint for her dad. She told her sister Aww. that she was just running an errand. Like, she just she kept it all to herself. Um, so, yeah, she just, she just decided to kill herself because she didn't want to be alive anymore. And Paris Green was, Paris the, Green was the, the vehicle to get out. Yeah, mm. so pretty sad for an 18-year-old yeah, to do that. What's her name again? I've really enjoyed her name. Pa- Belle something Cruikshank. Belle Louise Cruikshank. Oh. But her, it's it's weird. Babe. She was called Louise Cruikshank some places and then Belle Louise Cruikshank. So mm. I think Belle Louise is her full name and then she was called Louisa elsewhere. But yeah, so I mean, I don't know if that's, you know, comparable to this day and age when you can be, you know, surrounded by luxuries and you could be the best, mm. richest person in the world. But actually, if you're not happy, you're not happy. Mm. Um, but literally... What a way to go! Killing yourself with paint fumes, yeah. or you know, yeah, licking or ingesting paint yeah. is very specific. But also goes to show how like prevalent it was in the time that she could get hold of it and knew that it was going to kill her. Horrible, literally horrible. Yeah, horrible. Nice one though. Yeah. yeah. Good research. Do you know, yeah. I, I always have like such a theory. I don't know if I've bored you with this before, but like things like having fucking arsenic in wallpaper and children's toys. And then a few decades after that, maybe even a century after that, you had asbestos. Well, in... yeah, asbestos is still a problem yeah, today. Massive. So you had asbestos in um, insulation, right? And people were dying from it. Or you had people that made hats dying of mercury poisoning or going mental from mercury poisoning. Or people working in cotton mills getting like all of these horrible infections from the um, 
the cotton, you know, fucking fibres in the yeah. air. I swear to God, the next one of those is going to be people that work in nail salons. Ooh, the fumes, yeah. as soon as you go into a nail salon, it yeah. is like so potent, so mm. pungent, so chemical. It just can't be good for them. And I know a lot of them wear like um, face masks or whatever, but they're just, I'm really worried for people that work yeah. in nail salons. But like, there's a no, certain no, smell. Is. My yeah. grandma used to go to a certain woman like every week to get her nails down she had it was before like shellac and everything existed and there's a certain smell that always reminds me of my grandma because it was reminded me of that exact period and I used to watch her get her nails down I was like nine or ten and I, that doesn't smell good it smells very chemically mm. it smells not very mm. good and and but this is the point it's kind of you know, cigarettes were the best thing to ever do. It was good for you. It was good for yeah, pregnant good women. For yeah. Everything. I mean, obviously, that was a lot of advertising because they wanted to earn money. But now we know how dangerous and how horrible it is. Yeah. And then we've replaced it with vaping. But then again, is vaping very good? Like, there's loads of stuff. And it isn't mm-hmm. until you know. Even with um, laser eye surgery, yes. people don't yeah, really yeah, know yeah, the yeah. long term. And IVF, yeah. the long term effects. Because it's also new. Yeah, that's But true. then if you're literally painting your walls or wallpapering your walls and then you die tomorrow because you've ingested the paint fumes, like, it's kind of... It better have been a good colour. <laughs> like, I mean, it... I hope Paris Green was absolutely delightful. Paris Green was banging. Like, it was the colour de jour, obviously, <laughs> at the time. Jour. But, yeah. Nice one. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. There's like it's it's really ironic because obviously we all know Wikipedia is quite good for this kind of thing. Wikipedia was really basic, and it wasn't until I had to Google her Paris Green death that I got into yeah. it a bit more. So I, there's not that much out there. Fuck! I think my front door might be Paris Green. That looks like my front door. For God's sake, don't lick your front door, <laughs> <clears throat> ladies. This evening, I'm going to tell you about Michael F. Farley. Hmm. Killed by a shaving brush. Oh, <gasps> good lord. Yeah. Love it. Let's get into it. I'm taking you back to the early 20th century. So your 1915s. 1915 to 1920. What I'm going to do is I'm going to show you a picture of this fucking cool looking guy. Okay, okay cool. I'm in. Yeah, love that. Love that. He massage. looks cool as fuck. So, listeners, if you Google MF Farley, F A R L E Y, or Michael F. Farley, basically you've got this cool as fuck portrait of a guy with the Biggest, bushiest push broom moustache you've ever seen. And the rest of his face is clean shaven. Ooh. Which was eventually his undoing. Oh dear. No. So oh anyway, God. let me tell you about, <laughs> let me tell you about Michael Farley. Uh, so he was born in County Offaly in Ireland. Um, back in Never been. No, me neither. No. Uh, back in 1863. 1863. Um, but he emigrated to the United States in 1881, where he lived in Brooklyn and New York City, presumably with the big kind of Irish population, I assume. Mm. Um, he sounds he sounds like an absolute dude because he became the owner and operator of a tavern. And according to a New York Times article about him, he made a fortune in the saloon business. Yeah, love it. So absolutely killed it. He became the he he ran this tavern and eventually became the president of the Wine and Liquor Dealers Association of New York City. Love it. He made his own bloody union about it. He loved it so much. Like he smashed it. I'm on board. Absolute dude. Um, I would have joined it. And then he was also the president of Manhattan Central Association of Liquor Dealers. Maybe it was a rebrand. Yeah. Who knows? Possibly. Or just expanding. Yeah. So big in the booze business. And then he was like, you know what, I've I've run some saloons, 
have formed these associations or have become president of these associations, I'm going to give politics a bash. Why, why, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't the, you? It's the obvious journey. It's, if you're a good public speaker, you can do anything, basically. That's, what, that's my actual personal belief. If you're a good public speaker... <laughs> You can do whatever you want. Yeah, so I mean, clearly he was. And he had that fucking moustache. Yeah, I mean, that moustache opens doors. Really sorry. Really opens doors. So he was elected to Congress. Of course he was. (laughs) Of course he was. He was elected to Congress as a Democrat, obviously. Oh, good, good. Um, Thank God. A boozy Democrat, my (laughs) favourite. It's basically us if we were in America right now. Boozy Democrat. Changing the name. Changing the name of this. (laughs) The Boozy Democrat podcast. Um, so yeah, 1915, he was uh, he was elected to Congress as a Democrat. I mean, his political career was not very long lived, but he, the point he, is, he, he made got a, there. He made a he go made of it. Impact, yeah, smashed it. I respect him. But then, mm. a little while after his um, time in Congress, Michael Farley. I love this detail. He'd been. Living for several weeks in a bachelor hotel while his wife was oh, in Atlantic City. Okay. Now, I don't know what that means. Does that mean, like, for men who can't look after themselves? It's kind of like Kirk Van Houten, where mm. he goes into the bachelor flats. Yes, that's with exactly the race car what it bed. is. That's what, I'm go- <laughs> that's what I'm going for. I sleep in a race car So, bed. Michael Farley recorded a song called Can I Borrow a Feeling? <laughs> Imagine. Oh, God, that'd be amazing. So, so Michael Farley, he had been living for several weeks in a bachelor hotel while his wife was in Atlantic City. Doesn't say what she was doing in Atlantic City. Working. Gambling. Gambling, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, hope. Fair play to her. When, so I I, I linked to this really old New York Times article. So he died in 1921, and it's an old PDF of a New York Times article. Oh, I had that for my girl, actually. Yeah. Like, they've just basically scanned it. Yeah, they've just, like, archived everything. It's New cool. York Times is amazing. Well done. Well done, New York Times, because you needed uh, our... Well, we, need, we yeah. needed you, actually. Yeah, right. so. yeah, I mean, fine. So, um, I downloaded this New York Times article, and it had a, an exclusive interview with one of his mates, Mr. Lohman. So, basically, Michael Farley, the hero of our story, mm. and his mate, Mr. Lohman, had been with some... Been, tra- been going with some friends to the Danbury Fair. They oh. travelled out to the Danbury Fair, which is apparently like a big agricultural fair about, you know, a few hours outside of New York City. Sounds like the Bath and West show. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I know probably, the kind. Probably, <laughs> probably something like that. But anyway, so they've got this interview with Mr. Lohman and he said, I didn't notice anything wrong with him at first, i.e. anything wrong with Michael F. Farley. But after we'd been driving about two hours, I saw a small pimple on the left side of his neck. I asked him what was the matter and he said he'd cut himself shaving the day before. When we returned from the fair that night, it was just the same, but the next morning it had begun to get bigger and his neck was swollen. He also said that he was suffering some pain. I begged him to go to hospital, but he refused. Oh dear. So this guy, you know, Michael Farley's trying to like style it out like I can hack this don't worry about me I've just cut myself shaving something there's nothing to worry about anyway um, eventually it got so bad the swelling got so bad the pain got so bad that on on that evening it was a Friday night um, Michael finally consented to go to Dr. Mer- M- Dr. Burt Monday who bandaged his neck it's just standard it's, it's pretty not, standard not really enough because the following morning he could hardly talk and the pain. <clears throat> the following morning, he could hardly talk from the pain, and his face was badly swollen. So his mate again tried to make him go to the hospital, 
But again, he just tried to go to a doctor in a taxi and his mate was like, dude, Michael, you need to go to a hospital. Come on, Michael. Your neck is swelling up. What Put the your fuck? Out. Anyway, it's only bloody anthrax. <gasps> what? <laughs> exactly. Literally what? Yeah. He caught anthrax from an infected shaving brush. Oh, my God. I was not expecting I, this no. at all. I think I fully misunderstand what anthrax is then. Well, well you anthrax... thought it was just envelopes in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what my Let me tell you about anthrax. I've been, on a, real, been, on, I've a been on a real anthrax journey because yeah. I'm like, it seems like such an aggressive word, hence why there was a thrash metal band named after anthrax. Yeah. But I think we associate it with like it being a really risky thing of people like sent it in the post Ooh, yeah well that was a thing wasn't well, it in because, our lifetime yeah exactly yeah, because that. it's been used in biological warfare agents and by terrorists to intentionally infect which happened in and the timing of this I do not remember but basically just a couple of weeks after 9-11 no I do remember I this because it was the envelope yeah. it was like yeah, yeah. the envelope thing people post. were getting it through the post and yeah. I thought that was a continuation I didn't realise it was immediately after 9-11 yeah. but I remember like it, was it being on, that time yeah. one yeah. week after 9-11 letters containing anthrax spores were mailed to several news media offices and two democratic US senators killing five people yeah it was a big deal yeah it's yeah. fucking bonkers. According to the FBI, the ensuing investigation became one of the largest and most complex in the history of law enforcement. That's Jesus. crazy. Well, I mean, after 9-11, you would anticipate it would be massive anyway. Because Well, yeah, like I, I, that must have... The only thing that you can yeah. do at the time. Yeah. So what is it? Oh, are you getting well, onto that? Okay. No, please do ask. <laughs> what is anthrax, Claire? So anthrax is a... Bacterial infection. I think they're bacteria or maybe a virus. I think it's bacteria. That's one piece of information. Yeah. But so basically, it comes from animals. No way. The origin is animals. Fucking animals, mate. His fucking shaving brush was infected. It hadn't been disinfected properly. So what had it? So like a sheep had been using it before him, or (laughs) so a um, really conscientious sheep. His death publicised the fact that New York health public officials had been waging a campaign. Waging a campaign. It's a bacteria. Yeah, it's a bacteria. So anthrax is a bacterial infection that comes from animals, from livestock. so basically, his death publicised the fact that New York public health officials had been waging a campaign to prevent the importation of infected hides and animal hair products. So his, like, manky old shaving brush... Well, it would have been of, made out of animal... Yeah, of yeah, course it would. full of anthrax. Oh, These products, including shaving brushes and toothbrushes... Oh, no! No, 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 no. ...caused 11 deaths in the New York area. Oh, God. Fucking crazy. So, anthrax... A little little history of anthrax for you. Occupational exposure to infected animals or their products, such as skin, wool and meat, is the usual pathway of exposure for humans. Workers who are exposed to dead animals and animal products are at the highest risk. So it's like dead animals more than live animals. The spores are able to survive in harsh conditions for decades or even centuries. Oh, Oh my God. Disturbed grave sites of infected animals have been known to cause infection <gasps> after 70 years. Jesus Christ. 70 years. Fucking rank. <laughs> Fucking rank. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's more or less it. He had a manky old... Well, it probably wasn't even old. It was, no, it might, it probably to him, was just fresh. To him, it was new. Fresh as fuck. Full of anthrax because it was from a dead animal. 
and he cut himself while he was shaving and within six hours of arriving at hospital, he was dead. That's oh my God. unbelievable. Because also, like, with the anthrax thing, I also think of it just being, like, a powder mm. that you get on your Mm-mm. lips because you've licked an envelope Spores. or something. But actually, Christ, that's horrific. And mm. also, that's potentially still a risk nowadays. Yeah, I mean, if you can get your hands on some, presumably. Well, yeah, I mean, we're not all looking for it, but... <laughs> What does it do then? Does it like so? It just down? kills you, Els. It yeah. just absolutely <laughs> just kills you. Kills you the he fuck died. Up. No, so, so it, if you get it on your skin, it gives you these really rank lesions. Um, but oh, you can shit. also inhale it. A lot of people like inhaled it or ingested it, and it kind of gives you different symptoms depending on how you've taken it into your body. It is not good for you. It doesn't sound great. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound great. It's not a walk in the park. It's not absolutely. Great. So that's M. F. Farley oh, killed by Farley. a shaving brush. Wow. How old was he? Do we know how old he, he was? He was fifty-six when he died. I mean, I to be, I mean, he made it to a ripe old age for nineteen fifteen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, that was probably quite old for him. <laughs> Actually, but it was to his time. Not in this day and age. No. So, I mean, it could be thirty-six, but I don't think it is. No, wait. If, if he was 36. born in eighteen sixty-three, then fifty-six sounds more plausible, or whatever. Yeah. He was. Yeah, sure. He was 50. He was survived by his widow, who came back from Atlantic City. Uh, No children, three brothers and two sisters. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah. So there you go. Killed by a shaving brush. Wow. Got to be careful. What a way to go. Got to be really careful. So now we get to the point of the show where we want to talk about our girl crushes, which are women who are inspiring us or making mm. us happy or mm. that we just think are nice to look at or that we just think are doing some nice stuff this week. Mm. Else, do you want to go ahead? Who's yours? So mine is Stacey Dooley. Interesting. Oh, yes. Interesting. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just really think she's good. She just fucking gets on with it and she's not like, she just seems like a very normal person and when you watch her interacting with people, like she's very compassionate she knows how to kind of mm-hmm. put people at ease, like kind of qualities that I really admire. She does some quite heavy stuff. Yeah, but like she just, really does. But she's quite, I don't know what's the what, you know when someone's like quite, not humble, but like just kind of just Like she's quite it. affable, like she's just kind of an every woman, right? Yeah, she is. <clears throat> yeah, she is. But I just think she's really cool. And so I watched the documentary that she did and I think she makes things very accessible as well. Like mm. uh, she went to Russia and it was all about the sort of prevalence of domestic abuse in Russia because it's something that <clears> is <throat> on the rise and Russia have recently decriminalised acts. Uh, acts, mm. yeah. The penalty for domestic abuse in Russia is something like if it's your first time and you don't have any previous convictions and you get a fine rather than anything else. Um, so she met women that have been domestically abused and are in shelters um, and like funding in Russia for women's refuges has been decreased so they're just really few and far between anyway but she goes to women's refuge she meets a man who really believes that women are secondary to men and that women should expect to be beaten by their husbands and his wife kind of believed this too and so she was having a conversation with him and he was saying all feminists are really ugly and all feminists are and like you are and she was like oh it's and then he said not like you you're a beautiful woman and she said something like it's interesting that you say that because I would consider myself a feminist and he was like well you're a beautiful woman that's been brainwashed by feminists oh my god Jeez. I'm sure that the people that watch some of the stuff that she's doing I would have thought like maybe teenage girls I don't know like when I was a teenager I was vaguely aware of stuff but I think like she brings things to the table and like makes things accessible but says like these are real issues Mm. yeah 
so I just think she's doing some good stuff and I just really like her kind of whole attitude. And also from a very shallow point of view, she has great style. Mm. Nothing really, wrong with shallow, babe. No, no nothing wrong fine. with shallow. She's right really what I'm going to model my 2018 look on, I think. Interesting. I mean, I say that just because she has some like wicked gold hoops and I love a hooped yeah. earring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. So I'm You gonna, really do. I really do. God, I love it. So I'm gonna... <laughs> bigger the hoop, bigger the hoe. That's what they say. Else? Chess mate, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, we're all, we're all set in relationships, so whatever. Sarah, who's your girl crush? My girl crush is actually Elizabeth Olsen. Mm. So, as a younger woman, really like the Olsen twins. I kind of grew up when they were growing up. I think they're mm. actually the same age as me, or just a little bit older or a little bit younger. We're kind of, we're all around the same bracket. I really like them. I know who Ashley and I know who Mary-Kate is, like I can tell them apart. But obviously they've taken a very interesting path, like very, very, very fashion. Mm. Um, And they're kind of a little bit obscure nowadays. They're not really out and about. But um, I went to see... Um, really early days, Martha, Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. Yeah, there we go. So good. And I loved I it. it. And so I thought good. she was incredible. Like Elizabeth Olsen was incredible, incredible in it. And just thought, yeah, of course, the family, whatever, they're very, very good. And then I also went to go and see, we went to kind of a few um, film screenings during the BFI film festival thing last year. So I saw um, Ingrid Goes West, which is... Oh, with April from The Office. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, April yeah, from yeah, The Office, what's her name? Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza, who plays the protagonist. Oh. And then Elizabeth Olsen is the girl that's like the cool girl, the lovely girl, the Instagram girl. Um, but again, she plays it fantastically well. And I really enjoyed that. I watched a film with her recently, which was filmed last year with Jeremy Renner, which is on a Native American... A murder on a Native American site. And... Obviously, I mean, it's not something that I know a lot about. And actually, and you see that in the movie, it's not a spoiler, but actually the the list of Native American people that go missing is not, like, monitored. It's not kept on top of or anything like that. That and young children, like minors, that go missing in America is not also kept as a list. But anyway, she was brilliant in it. I thought she was really, really good. And also, if any films that are, you know, to the general public that can raise awareness of a minority. I think that's really good. And I think she's a brilliant actress. I think she's really, really good. If you compare her to Ingrid Goes West to Wind River, I think she's fantastic. And because I love the Olsen twins, I thought they were good at at the time. And obviously they're kind of a bit more reclusive now. But she's a brilliant actress. And Mm. I really, really, really enjoyed her in Wind River. And I wish that more people watched it. Um, But then I also really loved her in... Martha Marcy May Marlene because I love a cult and that was really interesting it too. It was good. It was, really, was, it was a really good, good film. I thought she was great in that too. Yeah, so she's great. There you go. That's my girl crush of the week. Dalesford. So if there's two things I love in this life, it's women and it's beer. Interesting. <laughs> and my, <laughs> and my girl crush combines the two. So her name is Jager Wise, and she is the head brewer at Wildcard. Interesting. Oh, She's down the road, like local artisan brewery, craft brewery. Do you know her? No, no, no. Uh, God, I wish. You um, wish? Maybe after this, maybe you will, actually. <laughs> but basically, like, I've, I came to know her through, like, the brewery's social media feeds or whatever. Mm. But she's like... 
a young woman and a young woman of colour in the brewing industry, which I can only assume as someone who's ignorant is fairly unusual. You know, the space of brewing is usually for either old white men or white men with hipster beards and glasses. So it's just incredibly cool that she's fucking head brewer at this place. And in my little in my little dabbling of research about her, she also makes really good music. Of she, course. She, she's a singer, does some really nice soul stuff. Um, she's a chemical engineer, which is hence why she's chief mm, brewer. Yeah. And she's just generally really fucking cool. <laughs> so I'm, I'm always like, Jager Wise would be a good person to know. Um, maybe one day I can make that happen. Um, you can follow her on Instagram at... J A E G A wise like the word. I think she's only in her early thirties. I think she's younger than me, which is like cool. A bit depressing for me. But, no, 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 no. Come so on. So she's Jager Wise on Twitter and Instagram. Um, chemical engineer, head brewer at Wildcard Brewery, singer, just fucking cool, cool girl crush. crush. <laughs> just a fucking cool girl crush, basically. Um, so that's who mine is. Nice. That's a good one. It's nice to have people that you actually genuinely want to be friends with in real life, as yeah. well as Elizabeth Olsen that I'm yeah. never going to meet. I mean, meet. we'd all, wouldn't we all I want mean, to yeah. be friends with I mean, yeah, it'd be great if she was here right now, but, and, and Reese, who was last week's, obviously. And Reese. yeah, I think we'd all get on really well with Reese. I think we would. I think Reese would be big fans of us too, obviously. But it's nice, this is the point, like, I'd quite like to highlight people that we don't all know mm-hmm. because that's kind of the point it's like women in general driving I get a kick out forward. I get a kick out of young women being in places that are traditionally men's places yeah yeah definitely yeah. I agree so. I agree definitely definitely Jager Wise love okay. it I'm gonna follow her on Twitter right yeah. now mm. right I bloody now it. cool well, thanks so, very much, lads. This is good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the stories. I never want to see a snake in real life. I'm going to walk over my house never. with Paris green wallpaper. I'm never going to shave my face, ever. No, just stick, oh. to, stick to the legs. Don't use anthrax-laden brushes. No, no. I'll just use a shaver. I feel like um, Gillette, Gillette Venus probably. might be fine. Might be fine. But anyway, <clears throat> we'll see you next time. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks and, for listening. Uh, See you later. Ciao. Bye.